Hey, what's going on and welcome to A Medic's Mind. This is the final edition of Spooky September and it's fitting that it falls on the last day of September. So with that said, let's get right into it. Cause that's my Thanks for joining me on this ride of telling spooky stories. I know there's only been a couple, but uh, next year, hopefully there'll be more. In fact, my YouTube channel is slightly going through some renovations. I think that my niche in the YouTube world is going to be that of spooky stories. More specifically, spooky stories that I write, produce, narrate, and put out for you guys to listen to and watch depending on if you go to YouTube or not. But yeah, I think that's that's where things are going to go. So with all that said, this is Spooky September, and this is a story that I wrote recently, and I hope that you guys enjoy it. It is called Spooky September Stories, A True Vampire Story? I guess we'll have to find out next, won't we? A Medic's Mind Presents Spooky September. <laughs> For many of us, camping is a novelty best undertaken on one or maybe a handful of times over the warmer months. But for Jeremy and his friends, Camping and being outdoors was a way of life. Every waking moment spent away from their respective places of employment found them transplanted in some remote location, desolate from any other person or thing. Being from Grafton, the youth often have to fabricate their own entertainment. In a town of only 600 plus, that entertainment typically means being outside. Sometimes it meant playing ding-dong ditch. something locals begrudgingly accept. But mostly it means exploring the wooded expanse that surrounds that diminutive town. In the fall, much like the rest of Vermont, the leaves display a regalia of crimson red and captivating marigold. It's stunning. At least, Jeremy believed so. That's why on the morning of October 25th, he was excitedly packing the last bits of gear into his aging SUV. This was going to be a solo venture, as the rest of Jeremy's loyal companions were unable to secure the time off that was needed to get away for a few days. The plan was to drive west, and eventually pull off the road, pick a trail, and go explore the forested playground of Green Mountain National Park. This time of year meant that it was sure to be a sprawling crawl of autumn splendor. Jeremy had no reservations about doing this trip alone. He'd completed solo excursions plenty of times before, as had his friends, so they weren't overly concerned for Jeremy either. But this was to be a trip unlike any other, for in those magnificent woods lurked a terrible secret. 
a darkness no one suspected. And Jeremy was about to walk straight into its grasp. I say it, but honestly, I should be saying his, walking straight into his grasp. About seven years before Jeremy's planned hike, and a mere two hours upstate, Burlington, Vermont had been dealing with something much more sinister than that of a leisure stroll. The Burlington Ripper. The Burlington Ripper strikes again, causing fear and panic among those in the city. Police say they're on the lookout, but don't know when or where the Ripper will hit again. A notorious serial killer that had been plaguing the modest city. He was eventually captured after a near decade-long murder spree. Some say that he wanted to be captured. Others simply sighed in relief at the news of his arrest. Whatever beliefs there were, they quickly fell to dismay when recent news broke of an escaped prisoner now at large. The Ripper was free. Jeremy, however, was unconcerned at the Ripper's whereabouts. At least, not directly. The Ripper seemed to favor slaughter within the bustle of the city. And Jeremy lived, as described, in a small, quiet place. There was never any word that the Ripper could be in the woods, so no one gave it much thought. Little was actually known about the Burlington Ripper outside of his gruesome murders. He didn't seem to have a type, per se. He just killed for the sake of killing. One court-appointed psychiatrist stated during the trial that the Ripper was the most unsettling and unique case study she'd ever come across. He was equated to pure evil. Now that he was on the loose, Moods had certainly lost buoyancy from large cities to small towns, but there wasn't a true sense of fright among the people. Not yet, anyway. The thing about the Ripper is that he is as ordinary to look at as you or I. He could easily pass as a neighbor or a fleeting face on a busy sidewalk. The only thing that set him apart from anyone else was his insatiable lust for blood. His victims were all marked by the same ghastly signature. Two puncture wounds to their neck. Vampirism, the news would say. But authorities dismissed it as a sick and twisted infatuation with occult ideology. Either way, it was nothing short of horrifying. Not one to spook easily, Jeremy wasn't about to be swayed in his decision to go to the woods for a couple days of peace and quiet. The day of the trip was gray. Thick, swollen swabs of cloud hung low in the sky. Combating this washed-out hue were the vibrant leaves of autumn. Red, yellow, brown and gold. A tapestry of fall perfected. It was almost as if to be painted by Thomas Kincaid himself. Jeremy couldn't help but smile. Being outdoors was his happy place. Being outdoors in the middle of a chilled, Autumn day, surrounded by nature's artistry, Nirvana. He began his hike into the woods shortly past 10 in the morning. He'd planned to make his way to a known plateau that was likely to take about seven, maybe seven and a half hours. He marched briskly and competently over trails, 
brush, and ambiguous routes. He was as skilled as he was motivated. Not quite able to make the plateau, Jeremy found a suitable spot to bed down for the night. He set up his camp and started a small fire. It was after dinner time and Jeremy contemplated heading to sleep for the evening when a voice suddenly beckoned from the dark beyond the flame. It was a deep, grit-filled baritone. Jeremy stared out with surprised eyes into the black where the voice had come from. Who, who's there? Jeremy asked. A figure began to emerge slowly as it neared the ambient glow of the fire. To Jeremy's further disbelief, a man of rigid and handsome stature appeared before him. A man in black. His hair was slicked back. He appeared better suited for a city over being here in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Can, can, can I help you, sir? Jeremy asked politely. Perhaps. The man's voice responded ambiguously. He invited himself to sit opposite Jeremy, using an old tree stump as a stool. Jeremy was almost hypnotically inspecting the man. Waves of confusion and startle competed for Jeremy's attention. What, uh, what, what, are you, what are you doing all the way out here? There was a pause before the man in black responded. I could ask you the same. Let's just assume a shared love of the outdoors, shall we? He spoke through distrustful smile. Jeremy had a terrible gut feeling about this man's presence, but there was little to nothing he could do about it in that current moment, so he opted to play the part of hospitable camper. Would you care for a, a glass of wine? I, I have some white with me. Jeremy mentioned while motioning to the open bottle rested beside him. The man, never breaking eye contact with Jeremy, cordially refused. I prefer red, he replied. I see. Sorry, I, I, don't, I don't have any red. No, I see that. Pity. Though, I never did specify what type of red I was referring to, did I? The man's smile grew more sinister toward the end of his ominous query. No, I, I, I suppose you didn't. I, I just assumed... Before Jeremy was able to finish his retort and his whine, the man lunged forward toward Jeremy. And before his final moments, he observed this man's teeth, perfect and grotesque in the same observation. Each tooth sparkled white, well-kept and cared for. But two of the man's teeth were frightfully more noticeable than the rest. Two flawlessly sharp fangs grew in size as he neared Jeremy's neck. The man in the woods, the man dressed in black, was indeed the Burlington Ripper. But unbeknown to the rest of Vermont is the fact that the Ripper was not some ill-illusioned occultist. The Ripper truly was a demon of the night, a specter of fable. He was a vampire. And Jeremy, his latest midnight snack. The Ripper had returned. Be careful next time you wander into the woods close to home. 
You never truly know what lies beyond those innocuous branches. And just as the people of Vermont believed that the Ripper was sequestered to the city, Jeremy's story shows otherwise. The Ripper could be anywhere by now. Maybe even right beside you. Happy Halloween!